Williamson County Regional Planning Commission is now called to order. You have the roll call, please. Press your present button. Thank you. Staff, do we have any announcements? Uh, I do have a few things, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, first, I think everybody knows that the microphones are sometimes a little finicky, so um, be sure that when you're speaking that you push the button, make sure the red light is on for a beat minute or so, and then talk and, and try to talk close to the microphone so it can get picked up. Um, also, I think everybody's been doing a good job of this, but just as a reminder, when you make a motion, in addition to using your button to indicate such, uh, you need to verbalize that motion and a second as well. Um, we do have a non-agenda item that we're requesting that you all put on the agenda uh, at the end. Uh, I emailed you about that has to do with a, a road becoming part of the county system. And so um, when I finish the, um, my, my remarks, then we would love for you to make a motion to put that on the agenda uh, as the last item. Um, we do have a revised staff report for item 19 in front of you. There are three withdrawals from tonight's agenda. Those are items 32, 33, and 41. And then finally, I've mentioned to you on a number of occasions the uh, growth planning that we've been doing in conjunction with the municipalities. There's an advisory group that has been meeting periodically. Uh, the next meeting of that group is going to be on Tuesday morning uh, at 8 o'clock at the Enrichment Center. Oh, I think it's eight, maybe 8.30. And that's all I've got, sir. Thank you. Yes. I have a motion for the non-consent item. It will be item number 44. We have a motion to use number 44 at the end of the agenda. Do we have a second? I'll second it. All in favor? Motion carries. Thank you. Consideration of the minutes for August 11th. Has everybody had a chance to read the minutes? Any questions? A motion? We have a motion and a second. Motion is second. Thank you. Vote now. Motion carries. Thank you. Consideration for the consent agenda. Uh, any of the commissioners want to remove any one for separate? Otherwise, we'll take them as a whole. Okay, any, do we have a motion to accept the consent agenda as written? So moved. Do we have a second? Second. Motion and a second. John. Okay, vote now. Oh, wait. I pushed it. What happened? Yeah. Why'd you order from Amazon? 
I didn't. <laughs> I need to go out here back in. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Sorry about that. It works now. <laughs> Motion carries. Thank you. Item number 32 has been withdrawn and item number 33 has been withdrawn. Item number 34, preliminary plat review for the arbors of Leapers Bluff subdivision, large lot subdivision, easement subdivision containing four lots on 42.06 acres located off of Hargrove Road in the first voting district. Staff? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, the subject parcel is approximately 42 acres in size and is located off Hargrove Road, approximately 500 feet south of Boy Scout Road. The applicant is requesting approval of a large lot easement subdivision in order to create four lots off a new 50-foot ingress-egress utilities easement. The site contains natural resources requiring protection, including steep slopes, a ridge top, and tree canopy. The site is entirely under tree canopy. All zoning ordinance requirements, including those regarding the protection of natural resources, have been met. The applicant is proposing individual septic systems for the lots, and the Williamson County Department of Sewage Disposal Management has approved the request. Water will be provided by the HB and TS Utility District. As no fire hydrants are proposed, building envelopes have been separated by 200 feet, and the fire apparatus access requirements in Section 3.05 in the subdivision regulations will be met. The subdivision, the preliminary plat is in order and staff recommends approval subject to the following. A notice of coverage issued by TDEC will be required prior to the signing of the final plat. Number two, a land disturbance permit must be obtained for the overall development. And number three, driveway and drainage infrastructure must be complete consistent with zoning ordinance requirements prior to submittal of the final plat. Applicant present. Come up to the podium in case there's a question. Questions, discussion from commission? Do we have any mo a motion? Motion to approve. Have a motion, have a second. Do we have a second on this? Okay. Vote now. Motion carries. Thank you. Item 34, preliminary plat for Shady Tree Acres, formerly Firefly Farm, large lot easement subdivision containing five lots on 39.39 acres located off a of duplex road in the second voting district. Staff? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The subject parcel is approximately 39 acres in size and is located off duplex road approximately 600 feet west of Lewisburg Pike. The applicant is requesting approval of a large lot easement subdivision in order to create five lots off a new 50-foot ingress-egress utilities easement. The site contains natural resources requiring protection, including steep slopes, a wetland, and tree canopy. Approximately 33% of the site is under tree canopy. All zoning ordinance requirements, including those regarding the protection of natural resources, have been met. The applicant is proposing individual septic systems for the lots, and the Williamson County Department of Sewage Disposal Management has approved the request. Water will be provided by HB and TS Utility District. As no fire hydrants are proposed, building envelopes have been separated by 200 feet, and the fire apparatus access requirements in Section 3.05 
in the subdivision regulations will be met. The preliminary plat is in order and staff recommends approval subject to the following. Number one, a notice of coverage issued by TDEC will be required prior to the signing of the final plat. Number two, a land disturbance permit must be obtained for the overall development. And number three, driveway and drainage infrastructure must be complete consistent with zoning ordinance requirements prior to the submittal of the final plat. Um, just a reminder, when you make your motion, if you would move to it, approve, if you're approving it, based on staff's recommendation so that we have in the record that the conditions of approval are part of the motion. Thanks. Applicant present, thank you. Thank you. Any questions? have a motion. Do we have a second? Motion made and seconded. Please vote now. Motion carries. Thank you, sir. Preliminary Pratt review for a highland at Leapers Fork North large lot easement subdivision containing five lots on 54.43 acres located off of Floyd Road in the 9th voting district. Staff? Chairman, the subject parcel is approximately 54 acres in size and is located off Floyd Road, approximately one quarter of a mile north of Bailey Road. The applicant is requesting approval of a large lot easement subdivision in order to create five lots off a new 50-foot ingress-egress utilities easement. At this time, the applicant is requesting a deferral to the November 2022 Planning Commission meeting to allow the applicant more time to address staff comments. Staff concurs with this request. public hearing. Uh, the, the way we operate the public hearing is staff will make their report. Oh, I'm sorry. My mistake. Thank you. Preliminary plan for Highland at Leapers Fork South located a large lot easement subdivision containing five lots on 40.08 acres located off of Floyd Road in the 9th voting district. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. The subject parcel is approximately 40 acres in size and is located off Floyd Road on the corner of Floyd Road and Bailey Road. The applicant is requesting approval of a large lot easement subdivision in order to create five lots off a new 50-foot ingress-egress utilities easement. At this time, the applicant is requesting deferral to the November 2022 Planning Commission meeting to allow the applicant more time to address staff comments. Staff concurs with this request. Second. Please vote now. Motion carries. Thank you. Now we'll go to public hearing. On a public hearing, the staff will make their report. It will be then opened up to the public. Each speaker will have three minutes to speak. Please, when, you're, when this happens, come to the podium and state your name and address for the record. The first 30, number 38, is a concept plan for a meadowside subdivision containing 167 lots on 141.22 acres located off of Patterson Road in the 5th Voting District. Staff? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The applicant is requesting concept plan approval for a 167-lot conservation subdivision in the Triune Character Area 4 Zoning District. 
The review of a concept plan is the first stage in the development approval process. Because this concept plan contains more than 49 lots, a public hearing is required. The subject property totals approximately 141 acres in size and is located on Patterson Road approximately a half mile east of its intersection with Horton Highway. The site contains a number of natural resources, including several streams, a pond, pockets of wetlands, and floodplain associated with Nelson Creek. All zoning ordinance requirements, including those regarding the protection of natural resources, have been met. Both the required 350-foot open space strip between the building lots and, and the Patterson Road right-of-way and the required 150-foot open space strip around the perimeter of the property have been provided. The proposed development consists of 167 lots, which range from 0.2 acres to just under half acre in size. The overall density is 1.18 dwelling units per acre, which is below the maximum density permitted in the TCA4 district. Approximately 55% of the site will be preserved in open space. Access to the proposed development will be provided from two, uh, two entrances from Patterson Road, which is classified as a collector roadway by the major thoroughfare plan. The applicant's traffic engineer prepared a traffic impact analysis based on a scope of work provided by the county's traffic engineering consultant. The county's consultant has reviewed the TIA and is recommending approval from a traffic standpoint contingent upon the applicant making a number of roadway improvements. Those improvements include widening travel lanes and adding shoulders on Patterson Road from the westernmost development entrance to Horton Highway, installing a southbound left turn lane on Horton Highway at Patterson Road, and rectifying an existing site distance shortcoming for southbound turning movements onto Horton Highway from Patterson Road. Portions of the roadbed of Patterson Road between the site entrances and Horton Highway are located within the 100-year floodplain of Nelson Creek. Because this segment is considered to be a critical access road, the county's highway department is requiring that the applicant raise this segment of Patterson Road accordingly. Construction plans for all off-site improvements must be approved by the highway department prior to preliminary plat submittal. These plans must also demonstrate no adverse impact to flood elevations on adjoining properties. Additionally, as the front of the property along Patterson Road is also located within the 100-year floodplain, both entrance roads will have to be raised in order to comply with stormwater regulation requirements. As a result, the applicant is requesting a variance from section 3.04D of the subdivision regulations, which among other things specifies that no filling whatsoever is allowed within the 100-year floodplain. As required, the applicant will be constructing a 10-foot wide asphalt trail spanning a distance of approximately six-tenths of a mile running along the northern, northern property line, then extending southward for a portion of the eastern property line. A public, a public access easement for the trail is also provided. This trail will serve as an, as an amenity for the subdivision residents and may be extended in the future as other properties develop to form a larger green, uh, greenway network in the triune area. Water service will be provided by Nolensville College Grove Utility District Wastewater will be handled via a non-traditional wastewater treatment and disposal system, a site plan for which was approved by this body at the May 2022 meeting. It should be noted that once detailed construction and engineering plans are prepared in conjunction with the submittal of a preliminary plat, changes to the layout, including the potential for a reduction in lots, may be necessary. A landscaping plan will also be required. Should the Planning Commission grant the variance noted above, staff recommends approval of this concept plan with the following conditions. The preliminary plat must address the following. One, submission of roads, drainage, and erosion control plans for review and approval by the county engineer. Such will include all off-site improvements as recommended in the TIA review letter from the county's traffic consultant, as well as plans for raising Patterson Road from the westernmost site entrance to Horton Highway to meet requirements of the stormwater regulations and highway department. Plans for all offsite improvements must be approved by the Williamson County Highway Department prior to preliminary plat submittal. These plans also must demonstrate no adverse impact to flood elevations on adjoining properties. 
Two, submission of water plans for review and approval by Nolensville College Grove Utility District. And three, submission of applicable construction plans for required wastewater disposal facilities to TDEC, the county's consultant, and staff. The final plat must address the following. One, prior to final plat submittal for the first section of the proposed subdivision, a zoning certificate must be obtained for the completed wastewater treatment and disposal system. Prior to issuance of the zoning certificate, the applicant shall provide the following. A letter from TDEC indicating that the non-traditional wastewater treatment and disposal system was installed and is functioning, as-built drawings showing the location of all system components, and a sealed certification letter from the design engineer indicating that said system was constructed in accordance with the approved construction plans and specifications. A letter from the owner slash utility provider indicating that it has accepted said system and is currently operating same. The posting of a performance bond in the amount of $283,000 for the system as specified by the county's wastewater consultant and the posting of a performance bond in the amount of $17,900 for landscaping improvements. Two, prior to final plat submittal, all off-site roadway improvements must be completed to the satisfaction of the Williamson County Highway Superintendent and the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Three, in conjunction with final plat submittal, the applicant shall submit HOA documents for review and approval by the County Attorney's Office. The approved HOA documents must be recorded concurrently with the recording of the final plat. Four, establishment of a performance bond for roads, drainage, and erosion control. Five, establishment of a performance bond for water improvements in favor of Nolensville College Grove Utility District. Six, establishment of a performance bond for the wastewater collection system. Seven, submission of landscaping plans and establishment of a performance bond for landscaping. Eight, submission of a performance agreements for the above referenced sureties. Nine, execution of a stormwater maintenance agreement and submission of an operation and maintenance plan for stormwater improvements and 10, submission of the approved final plat in DWG format on recordable media based on the Tennessee State Plan Coordinate System prior to signature and recording of the plat. And Mr. Chairman, I do have a couple other things to point out to you. Um, the first is that under the preliminary plat, that first condition where it refers to the highway department having to approve the offsite road improvements that should also include TDOT because there's a portion of those improvements that would come within the TDOT right away. That should have been in the report. So when you make your motion, if you do, if you do mo move to approve, if you would add TDOT to the approval of the, those offsite construction plans. The other thing I'll point out to you is that you do have in front of you um, the emails that were received regarding this item uh, that were sent to your planning commission email. This time we'll open up the public hearing. Uh, each speaker will have three minutes to speak. I will ask you when you come to this podi the podium to give you a name and address for the records. The first person we have is Justin Prater. Brady. property directly east of the proposed subdivision along Patterson Road. Um, two, two main concerns for me on this. One is the water, as was mentioned several times on the report. We have a wet weather creek that separates us from the property. And during rain conditions, when they're in the wet season, it does fill up and overflow into our front yard, which it it's gathers in front of our yard and our neighbor's yard and the property proposed that you're saying along Patterson Road. Uh, my concerns are that there's two outlets out. One's a 48 inch culvert that comes right at the end of that wet weather creek beside us and the other property to get to the other side of Patterson Road where Nelson Creek is that takes it out or it can flood over the road down the street right that will be part of the subdivision. So if they raise Patterson Road without having significant thought to how to get the water out of there. All the water has to head out of our 48 inch culvert, which already overflows and every once in a while gets obstructed and really backs up till we get down there to unobstruct it. So my request there is just think through, let's make sure we're thinking through how we put enough water 
um, culverts or some kind of bridge or something in there to where it's large enough so it won't be easily obstructed, especially if we're gonna give them a variance to put fill in a floodplain, means that water's gonna go somewhere. It's either gonna go my direction or the other direction. And if Patterson Road's raised up without being able to get over it, it's all gonna come our direction. Um, and then also it's the Southern neighbors, their properties flood for even just more water flow come in their area. And the Bo Childers so lives right across from him, his yard floods. And then for Bill Pettis up there at the corner, his property floods all the way up to the house now. So if you got any, any more impervious area that has overflow out, we need to give serious consideration to flooding. Um, another just as important or probably more to me as a traffic consideration at Patterson Road, it's already an issue now where we have several wrecks and even after we've put a flashing light in, I don't know if you're familiar with where this is, Patterson Road's right in the middle of a curve on Horton Highway. Even after that flashing ride, I've personally had three instances where you, you slow down the turn left onto Patterson, you have to watch your rear view mirror and floor it getting out of there because someone's sliding behind you and trying to get out of the way. One of them resulted in a terrible accident that shut the highway down for several hours, but that happens often at that intersection. Now they're gonna put a proposed turning lane in to the left there, and my consideration would be still when you're on Patterson turning left out as much traffic does across Patterson Road, all southbound traffic can't see them until they're around the corner and you have a vehicle turning left. There's been accidents happen there too. So my request there would be to make sure we're looking through the traffic considerations, possibly putting a light there. I'm not opposed to having more traffic come out. It's gonna come. We just need to make sure we have that lockdown and a way to keep everybody safe before we start allowing all the construction traffic and everybody else. There's probably gonna be 300 plus cars coming out. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, uh, Brad Jennings. I live at 8209 Atwood Lane uh, in College Grove. Justin is my neighbor. I also share the eastbound uh, side of the subdivision, plan subdivision. And I echo Justin's concerns, but additionally to that, the wastewater treatment area is adjacent to my property. And so I'm ignorant to the step system, but I'm curious about any odors or any maintenance issues that we may want to be concerned about or be notified of in the future. And like I said, there's that shared creek. I'm upstream from Justin on the shared creek. How do we keep the affluent from getting in the creek? Uh, as well. So that's my concerns. Thank you. I didn't know I was signing up to speak. I didn't I just thought it was an attendance thing. No, I don't have anything to say. Okay, no one else, we will close the public hearing at this time. We'll go to the commission for questions. Robin? Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. Same thing goes on. So I live out in that area, so I'm very familiar with uh, Horton Highway, Patterson Road, uh, Patton Road, Arrington Vineyards. There's a lot of traffic out there. We frequent that particular exit, New Shell Station there, so we frequent it a lot. Uh, and, we, and we usually come the back way home. So my, my concern would be some of the same things uh, with the southbound traffic. The turning lane, I think, is great. And I noticed that we're going to do the turn in, turn lanes over onto uh, Patton Road, which I think we approved it some other time. Um, I'm concerned about the left-hand turn lane also onto, Pat, onto Horton Highway from Patterson and also maybe even a right turn lane. That road is really heavily traveled. So my concern would be this, that whole intersection. And there was a horrible wreck out there not long ago. Um, I think... I think there was a fatality there as well, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and also about raising the road, I too would be concerned about that. Like how a hundred, a hundred year floodplain, we get a lot of rain around here, as we all know, how high are they going to raise it? How far is it going to be to protect others property with the runoff? How, how is that going to look and how is that going to affect adjoining properties, raising the road and, you know, where's the water going to go? How are they going to do that? Do we know? Mr. Chairman, uh, they're doing a big 
This is not a FEMA map floodplain. So the engineer has done a flood study delineating the 100-year uh, floodplain, and the, the applicant uh, applicant's representative uh, is here tonight. Mark, could, do you have any comments about the flood study? Is it pretty much finalized? Do we know uh, how much above the road uh, the current floodplain is? Okay, so, um, and as in the staff report, I mean, whatever they propose when they, you know, look at the construction plans for Patterson Road, they would have to show that they're not increasing the elevation on adjacent properties. So whether they have to put in additional cross drains, you know, uh, whatever it is that they have to do, one thing they will have to do is balance the amount of cut and fill uh, in the floodplain. In other words, if they're bringing the subdivision roads up, they have to provide a compensation for all that fill at some other point in the floodplain. So they're not decreasing the amount of flood storage. Identify yourself for the record, please. Mark Lee with Site Engineering Consultants. Yeah, I, um, what um, what redress is possible if actually the flooding does continue after this project is completed? I mean, I, I know that a lot of work is going to go towards that not happening, but what if it does? Well, I don't think, uh, you know, the thing is, it's a creek. All creeks have a natural floodplain, and they flood. I mean, and, and the issue here is to not make the flooding worse. And so that's why they have to go through this process of modeling it, showing where it is now, showing that what they are proposing is not going to adversely affect that. Has it been done? The model has been done, yes, but they haven't finalized the construction plans for Patterson Road that show how much they're raising it and, you know, and, and inputting that into the model to make sure it doesn't affect any adjacent properties, because that comes with the design documents after concept plan approval. And, and I can tell you, people are going to say that it's going to make it worse. I mean, that's just the way it works. Okay, so it's going to continue to flood in the future. And the perception is usually that whatever is changed is causing that to happen. But that's just the way it is. Is, okay, is there, um, is there a way to take care of the current flooding problem? I mean, is, has that been talked about and addressed? I, I'm just curious, as in what, they, what, what the residents currently experience. Well, what they're experiencing would, would uh, involve the county road, and I can't speak for the highway department. The highway department has miles of roadway that are in the 100-year floodplain just because of the way roads have been built, you know, and come to exist through time. The easiest place to build them a lot of times was next to the creek. So that's what we're left with. But I can't, you know, we couldn't improve it without doing something to the road. Yeah. Boyd, in their planning model, they do take into consideration the rooftops and everything as far as the added extra water. I mean, more so than just runoff. Mark, could you speak to that as far as the more so than just the taking and and adding to the floodplain? You're adding water and uh, asphalt, so that's they going. Have, they're still showing. If you see your drawings, they're still showing the detention ponds in the front part of the development, those detention ponds are outside the limits of their modeled floodplain. And, and, you know, the issue is that those detention ponds will slow the water down and keep it from the, the rate of water from coming into the floodplain to where it's no greater after development than before development. So theoretically, it shouldn't increase the elevation. Model through on the next stage. At that point, uh, 
we can make the adequate changes if we find out that it, it shows it's going to flood more? Yeah, I mean, they'll be coming, obviously, at preliminary plat. They'll have to have all their calculations finalized and their plans finalized. And if it shows that there's an adverse impact, then we're not going to bring it to you with a recommendation for approval. Right, an inch or inches, not take much to to get that above current flooding situation. And I think we looked at. I think Floyd had us look at the hundred-year storm, and uh, so it didn't take much to to get that above that. You know, if the improvements are going to go past um, go past the subdivision going east, past the the gentleman that were up here speaking a minute ago, I can't make out the name of that road. Yes. I mean, like how far east and west is it, the improvements going to go from the entrance of the subdivision? But what you're saying, Don, or what you're asking is that once we come back, we can look at that and if it needs to be addressed or changed at that point. But it's just said that it won't come back to us until he's comfortable that it, that that part is taken care of before it comes back to us. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And the highway department will be uh, on board with whatever improvements they're proposing. No, I mean, the FEMA study ends down almost all the way down at the, at the Harpeth. You know, it, it's just the tail, the backwater from the Harpeth coming up Nelson Creek a little ways up Patton Road. So they, they've never taken the FEMA maps all the way up here. But obviously, you know, there's flooding, like I said, on every creek, every stream. And we want to know the areas that are susceptible to that. And that's why they have done the model. They have done the same kind of a HECRAS model that FEMA would require. And we will, excuse me? That's what the delineation that you see on your uh, exhibit and the cross sections that you see on the plan. And that's what they'll be using to compare the pre and post to before and after they make the road improvements. Well, I mean, this is standard practice. Well, it's not going every which way. I mean, it's, it's finding the channel and then trying to get out. So whether there's an undersized cross drain that needs to be addressed, that's what they're going to identify in the, next, in the next stage of this, the preliminary plaque. Yeah, we're not going to bring it back to you for a preliminary plaque approval until they've shown that. I have another question. Um, at Patterson and Horton Highway, you're going to rectify an existing site distance shortcoming for the southbound turning, basically from Patterson turning left on to Horton Highway. So is that what that's basically saying? Yes. So when you, you're obviously familiar with it, those who aren't, the way Patterson Road is, you literally have to turn your head really far left to make sure there's no traffic coming. So you're basically going to take the road and kind of straighten it out and remove any of that uh, dangerous site there, right? Might be helpful to you if you would look at sheet C 2.0 that has the configuration of the of the lanes um, on Horton Highway and Patterson Road. Okay. Okay. 
Philip would like to speak on these items? Questions, I'll be glad to answer them. The, uh, as far as Patterson Road, uh, it's proposed to uh, maintain two 11 foot lanes and uh, a shoulder, a four foot shoulder on each side of the road and uh, several improvements along uh, Horton Highway. Uh, the, as far as uh, drainage discussion, uh, like every other subdivision in the county, we're required to meet pre, uh, our uh, post development runoff is required to meet the pre-development rates of runoff and we evaluate multiple storm events. So it, the more frequent storm events just don't blow through when we design for the 100 year event or 50 year or the 25 year. So it, it should not, it would not be an increase in current conditions and it should be an improvement. As far as the roads they're talking about right now that, that you'll be looking at yeah, I'll be looking at it with the highway department, and, and essentially this is an opportunity to, I mean, if the road, you know, overtops at the 100-year storm, and, and our regulation is a critical access road can have up to three inches of overtopping at the 100-year storm. So they're not going to go necessarily all the way to the 100-year elevation. So, you know, they're going to try to minimize any, obviously, uh, any impact uh, that they have to compensate for. So uh, this is an opportunity to improve a section of the road to allow emergency services and other vehicles to be able to get in and out of there and not just the people in the development. Part of, part of what they're doing and part of what you're looking at is Commissioner Boultry asked for the, the, as far as uh, realigning the road if necessary Section, it's, it's not, the realignment won't be to the road in front of the subdivision. I think that's correct, isn't it, Mark? I mean, you're, they're just widening the road and the shoulders and elevating certain portions of the road. It's the intersection with Horton Highway that they're going to have to adjust the, the lanes and the sight distance. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Talking 167 homes, you know, 400 plus cars, more or less, two family homes, kids driving on a two-lane road down to Horton Highway where there's a lot of cars on that road. And I know exactly where that, where Patterson and Horton meet. And I just want to make sure that it's, I love the left, left turn lane. I think that's great because there's just so much traffic right there. So that's awesome. And the right turn onto Horton. But um, I just want to make sure that the intersection, because it is unsafe currently for that many cars, that it is, um, I guess reevaluated to make sure that it's it's just safe turning left there, and and even the cars coming northbound turning right on Patterson. You I mean it's you know it's a sharp curve. I mean a sharp turn up onto Patterson. So so make sure it's it's uh, adequate for the amount of cars and traffic that's going to be on that road. State would be involved with with anything that's involved with Horton Highway, but the Highway Department, yes, is, it would be approving the uh, the improvements to Patterson, the widening and the shoulders and all that. And I would just point out that uh, the the issue with turning left onto Horton, which is is in fact an issue right now, is because of a sight distance limitation. You can't see far right. enough. Right. Right. Out there, and so there is a requirement that they address that. Correct. By Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will say that, that Tyler Fosnes from KCI is here in case there are specific traffic questions. He's our consulting engineer. Would you like him to speak on this? Only if there are questions for him. Sir, I see you've got your hand. So, um, excuse me. Can can we think that perhaps um, TDOT will look at really actually reinventing that whole intersection piece there with those two entries onto that curve? Can't, do we think they might re-engineer that other than just turn lines? Do we have any idea? I'm not aware of any plans that, he, that TDOT has to realign that entire intersection we can make that request but what 
what uh, what KCI's recommendations are at that intersection will at least address the shortcomings that are there, and that and that that uh, that this development would have an impact on. That's probably the thing that I have the most concern about all this is the safety of those intersections because I live near there and there have been fatality accidents there and it's just a scary spot. So thank you. Thanks. Talking through these issues, I think we've generally all recognized they're existing issues. If this project never happened, all of these problems exist already. So as part of what we're being asked to do and, and understand the obligation, we're going to be improving the situation. I guess I'm not sure why the problems still exist if they've been known about forever, but here we are today and, and we're trying to help resolve them. As it relates to the intersection of Patterson Road and Horton Highway, the traffic study uh, and the review of the traffic study. Why TDOT has not improved that intersection over time, I, I can't speak to that if this has been a known issue, but there is discussion about some other projects that are being contemplated nearby on Patton Road that may address the other part of that issue, which is the Patton Road intersection with Horton Highway. That's not before us tonight, but that is, as I understand it, also being looked at, and there is an effort to try to coordinate of all of these all of these matters. But as it relates to our proposed project, we've undertaken the study, it's been reviewed, and, and the recommendations coming out are what we've all talked about, and we're prepared to do that. Um, as to the uh, elevating uh, Patterson Road, my understanding in the, you know, the result of the analysis that the engineers did is about 800 linear feet of Patterson Road would be elevated something to the effect of like three or four inches to meet the 100-year storm requirement. So it, if it's already overtopping, and I'm not sure what the history and the record of that is, but the highway certainly, the department is certainly familiar with that, we're going to be trying to address that as part of our project. So if it's already happening, we're, we're being asked to do that, and, and so that's what we're doing. So I just want to make sure that there's, a, there's an understanding of the context of these existing problems, what we're trying to bring to bear to assist in a, in a greater way for the community, uh, and answer any other questions that, are, that you have. So thanks for allowing me to speak. What I'm hearing from the commission and everything that we understand existing problems are out there, but we want to make sure that what you're doing isn't going to add to the existing problems. Is there anything that they've asked for at this point that you have a problem with? Thank you. Yes, sir. I, I was thinking a little bit more about uh, Ms. Baldry's uh, concern. Uh, presently, uh, Patterson Road comes into Horton Highway at, at an angle, and it still will come in at, at an angle, but our intention, and as is shown on our sheet C2.0 on the concept plan, shows pulling Patterson Road south on Horton Highway more than a lane width to to more try to square up more um, that intersection. It, it, it can't be squared up to 90 degrees, but it can be squared up a, a lot better than it is. And uh, so our, our plan does show that. And on Horton Highway, we're adding a lane to the 
to the south and to the north as far as width goes, 11 feet. Uh, we're adding that uh, for, for both sides of that intersection. So we are improving the intersection and part of that is to help uh, visibility, both looking to the left and to the right. For clarifying that, I'm good. No other questions. Do we have a motion? Mr. Chairman, if, if I could, um, as, as the staff report pointed out, they're requesting that variance. So there would just, you may already know this, but there would be two different motions, the first addressing the variance and then the second related to the, uh, the concept plan itself. We'll take, we'll take the variance first. That's okay. And just to just to just to clarify the, the the staff report. Yeah, go ahead, Christy. Yes, thank you, Christy. Actually, and not to well, contradicting Mike, the variance is part of their overall approval request. So what your action would be is, um, if you choose to approve it, is you would move to approve based on staff's recommendation and also granting the variance that's being requested by the applicant. I move that. <laughs> Have a second. Okay, please vote now. Motion carries. Thank you. The next item would be item 39. Amendment to Article 11, 23 of the Williamson County Zoning Ordinance regarding revision to the existing standards and procedures for telecommunication towers and adding standards and procedures related to small cell towers. Uh, there is no one has signed up for this, so we will not have a public hearing at this time for that. We'll go right to staff. I'm not staff, I'm sorry. Yes, to staff. <laughs> On April 12, 2018, Public Chapter 819 became effective, which is entitled the Competitive Wireless Broadband Investment Deployment and Safety Act of 2018. This new law created a policy of the state of Tennessee and its local governments to encourage investment in technologically advanced infrastructure that delivers access to information and connectivity between citizens. The purpose of the law was to eliminate obstacles and discriminatory policies that may slow deployment of new infrastructure and improvements to existing networks for the purpose of supporting emerging wireless technologies, among other reasons. The new law specifically defined this telecommunication infrastructure that would be deployed on a smaller scale, which are often located in rights-of-way of local governments as a means to further the availability of telecommunication coverages. The law does not apply to the traditional taller towers or to the small cell technologies located outside of rights of way. On March 17, 2022, the law was further amended by Public Chapter 799, clarifying some of the standards. Though Public Chapters 819 and 799 do not apply to the more traditional taller towers, Williamson County has regulated the construction of those for many years in accordance with the Telecommunication Act of 1996, which was further updated by the Spectrum Act of 2012. Since that original adoption, the FCC has issued many orders and regulatory changes streamlining the required approval processes for these traditional towers and further limiting the authority of local governments to implement regulations and standards in such a way that could result in slowing or deterring deployment of these technologies. Williamson County has always supported the deployment of advanced technologies for telecommunication, noting the benefits of this technology to its citizens in terms of safety, business support, and advancement in general quality of life while seeking to balance these opportunities, support, and benefits with any potential negative effects that could result from the placement of telecommunication towers. The provisions in the zoning ordinance related to the traditional taller towers have not been significantly updated since their original adoption. 
Though the small cell technologies that are being deployed in the county for the most part thus far are being cited within the municipal limits, the county is beginning to see the interest of the telecom companies in the placement of small cell technology in the un unincorporated county. It is in the best interest of the county to have its procedures in place prior to any full-scale deployment. The proposed amendments seek to achieve three things. First, to update the existing provisions in the zoning ordinance related to the traditional towers, to ensure they comply with the latest regulatory guidelines and standards from the FCC, and to more accurately align the current state of authority of local governments to regulate these types of technologies, while also encouraging the location of this infrastructure in a way that supports the safety and quality of life of county residents and business owners. Second, to create a section of the zoning ordinance related to small cell technology that is in accordance with the standards and limitations of the new public chapters noted above. Finally, recognizing that this is an ever-changing technological landscape to provide for a regulatory framework for the deployment of the small cell technology in locations outside of the county rights-of-way in recognition of the likely future desire to locate these types of facilities within private road developments and non-residential uses and structures. This process has taken many, many months of researching the most up-to-date guidance and standards, having active discussions amongst the various county departments under the guidance of the county mayor to arrive at the best outcome of the use of these technologies by the county residents and business owners and engaging the expertise of the technology companies to ensure that the perspective of the regulated community has been taken into account. Staff believes that the proposed text amendments will further the goals of the county to ensure high quality telecommunication access and bring the county into compliance with the most updated statutory, procedural, and regulatory guidelines. Therefore, staff recommends approval of the text amendments and that the attached resolution be forwarded to the county commission for adoption. And Mr. Chairman, if I might also add, um, after talking with staff about the rollout of these um, regulations, in order to get the electronic filing system updated, um, I would request that if you move to recommend this to the County Commission that you amend the resolution for the effective date to be January 1, 2023, rather than the October date that's in there. And you can do that as part of your, your motion. Thank you. Questions from the Commission? While you're thinking about it, uh, I've been involved in this before uh, on the zoning appeals, and I talked to Christy about it. One thing she told me, and they would come before us, and people want to make changes, and we were we couldn't do any changes at all because the law says this is the way it has to go. So by doing this, it eliminates frustrating a lot of people coming to meetings that they we can't do anything about. Do we have a motion on this one? I'll make a motion uh, for staff recommendation and also add the date for the January 1st, 2023. And the 2223. Thank you. We have a motion. We have a second. Thank you. Vote now. Motion carries. Thank you. That'll end the public hearing section. Uh, item 40 is preliminary plat. Review of arbors of Arbor Trail subdivision, large lot easement subdivision containing five lots on 174.98 acres located off of Hargrove Road in the first voting district. Staff? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The subject parcel is approximately 175 acres in size and is located off Hargrove Road, approximately 700 feet south of Boy Scout Road. The applicant is requesting approval of a large lot easement subdivision in order to create five lots off a new 50-foot ingress-egress utilities easement. At this time, staff is recommending deferral to the October 2022 Planning Commission meeting to allow the applicant more time to address staff comments. Questions from the Commission? Motion? Motion to defer uh, for staff 
recommendations. Everyone, you have a second? I'll second it. Thank you. Please vote now. Motion carries. Thank you. Item 41 has been withdrawn on the final plats. Uh, item 42 is final plat review for Falls Grove Section 3 revision to open space lot B and row containing one lot on 6.594 acres located off of Falls Grove in the 5th voting district. Staff? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. One correction, this does not involve any building lots. The agenda is incorrect. A final plat for this section of the development with a right-of-way with a 40 feet to allow sidewalks to be located outside of the right-of-way was approved by this body in August of 2016. During the process of accepting Crimson Leaf Lane into the county's road network and releasing the roads, drainage, and erosion control maintenance bond, engineering staff and the Williamson County Highway Superintendent noted that a portion of the sidewalk extending from the boundary of Section 1 to the northwest lot line of Lot 306 and measuring 329.6 feet in length had been built into the right-of-way of Crimson Leaf Lane. According to the applicant's letter detailing the request to reduce the right-of-way width, the combination of topography, natural gas pipeline easements, and a waterway natural area resulted in the contractor constructing the sidewalk within the right-of-way so as not to disturb these features. In order to allow for the acceptance of Crimson Leaf Lane into the county's road network for maintenance and the release of the maintenance bond, the applicant is requesting a, a re approval of a revised final plat for open space lot B in order to reduce the right-of-way of Crimson Leaf Lane to 36.16 feet to allow the sidewalk to be located outside of the right-of-way. No building lots are affected by this revision, and all associated bonds have been posted. Planning staff and highway department staff are in support of, of the reduced right-of-way with request. Final plat is in order, and staff recommends approval. is required yes but mr chairman you don't have to note that there are no lots involved because that's in the staff report so it's part of the staff recommendation no Thank you. Motion carries. Item 43 was on the consent agenda. Item 44, non-agenda item, the resolution to accept Forest Drive as part of the Williamson County Road System for maintenance by the County Highway Department. Staff? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The uh, Forest Drive is a road which intersects with Brush Creek Road just south of the Williamson County and Cheatham County line. Until recently, the portion of Forest Drive at issue was assumed by Cheatham County to be entirely located within Cheatham County as evidenced by Cheatham County's maintenance of the road. As a result of a recent property transaction, the new owner discovered that roughly 950 feet of Forest Hill Drive is in fact located in Williamson County. This has been confirmed by the highway department. The new owner has requested that Williamson County be tasked with the future maintenance of Williamson County's portion of Forest Drive. Research conducted by the Highway Department's attorney determined that Forest Drive has been used to access Brush, Brush Creek Road as a public road for a number of years. Additionally, based on deed research conducted by the Highway Department's attorney, it has been concluded that under Tennessee state law, Forest Drive is to be considered a public road but not necessarily a Williamson County road. As a public road, Forest Drive is a road used by the public without distinction for passage and repass passage at their pleasure. However, classifying a road a public road does not automa automatically make it a county road. 
because Williamson County has conducted no maintenance on the road, nor has Williamson County taken an action concerning the road, it has been determined that Forest Drive is not a Williamson County road. The subject resolution seeks to place this public road on the list of county maintained roads, or as commonly known, a county road. Given the highly unusual facts concerning Forest Drive, the Highway Department's attorney, with concurrence from the Planning Commission's attorney, requests that the Planning Commission provide a recommendation to accept the road as a county road in conjunction with this resolution. The Planning Commission's authority for such an action rests in Section 1.1F of the Subdivision Regulations and Tennessee Code Annotated Section 13.3.406, wherein both provide that roads not located on a subdivision plat or appearing on the adopted major thoroughfare plan may still be accepted for maintenance by the County Board of Commissioners so long as the resolution accepting the road is first submitted to the Planning Commission for recommendation. Given the unusual circumstances embedded in the history of Forest Drive, staff recommends that this body recommend the placement of this road on the county's road list to the County Board of Commissioners. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to say right now for the record that I have ridden on this road and for, I'm familiar with it, but it will have no meaning in my vote as far as this project is concerned. Staff, uh, Commission, any questions? I've got one question, if I could. Uh, on that road there were uh, gates, and is part of this, should we have part of this that those gates would be removed? At, at the bridge itself, they, there's, there's gates, and it looks like they, they had gates. I would recommend that that not be added. I think the highway department talked with the property owner. I think those have been removed. Have you, have you been out there recently? Or? I was out there yesterday. And there are still gates? I, I would recommend that that not be added. The intent is that once uh, if the county commission accepts it that the highway department will inspect the bridge to determine what if any repairs need to be done to the bridge yeah the highway department is aware of the issue Thank you. Vote now. Motion carries. Any further business for the commission? Thank you. We have a motion to adjourn. Everybody. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good evening.